In episode 16, we interview our good friends Marquise and Reggie as we continue the conversation on what is happening in our nation. So grab your favorite cup of coffee and join us around the table for the one-on-one. Welcome to Coffee and Combos. My name is Josh, and tonight is a very special night. As always, though, I'm joined by my beautiful, lovely bride, Becca, and we have friends with us tonight. Not just friends, but like amazing close friends for our first ever um, interview. And so tonight we're joined by Reggie and Marquise, two amazing close friends. Um, And and we wanted to have them on tonight's podcast because this is going to be a conversation that we have been wanting to have and and tonight's going to be the night where we kind of open up and so guys this might be a little bit longer of a podcast so (laughs) um if you're used to like those 30 minute podcasts this might be like a 40 minute 50 minute podcast so just brace yourselves by promise by the end of it you're going to leave so much better um than than when you came in and so um we're we're so excited um about tonight but can can you talk to our subscribers and even non-subscribers so if you are not a subscriber what are you waiting for (laughs) hit the subscribe button so that you won't miss an episode with us and also as of i think it was last week we launched our patreon app yeah or website patreon account yep account that's the word. <laughs> and um, so we're going to have different increments of giving. Um, they're not going to be any kind of crazy amounts, but for each level, we'll do something kind of special for each one. And, yep. um, you know, if you guys feel led to give, we would just love that um, so we can continue doing um, what we love. And so um, if you're enjoying the conversation and um, want to be a part of that, um, go ahead and get onto that account and give. And so, yeah. There's some really cool tiers on there, too. We tiered yeah. it out in a way um, that it, it hits every aspect from, you know, people who are interested in coffee to candles to yeah, yeah, yeah. stickers. Um, so we're, we're really pumped for that. Definitely it, the link to that Patreon will be in our show notes. Um, so just hit the note section on whatever platform you're on. Or you can just check it out on Instagram. Uh, we have it linked there um, as well. Um, we're really excited. This month, you know, every month we we try to give away something And uh, last month was Underground Candle Lab, who we love so much. The previous month was Symmetry Coffee. So this month, we're really pumped. We have um, a special painting specifically for this podcast being done by the official uh, Ness, um, EJ Nevis, um, who's just an incredible friend to us. He is one of the best artists out there, Uh, does a lot of superhero art, um, abstract uh, art, and just incredible. And so we're at the end of the month, we're going to be giving away a painting from him. Um, but I'm really excited too. We're actually going to have him on the show Ooh. in a couple weeks. And yeah. so, um, he'll, he'll be on the show and we're going to interview him and just how did he get started? Um, he's an Orlando native who, uh, is a transplant here to Ocala and, uh, has really exploded the art scene and is just doing amazing stuff at the Magnolia Art Exchange. And uh, I think recently he even got his own place, which is really cool. So yeah. we're really excited to have EJ in a couple weeks. But tonight we have just, like we said, amazing friends with us. And so uh, Marquise and Reggie, we want to we want to give them the floor real quick just to introduce themselves so you guys can get to know them before we uh, open this conversation up. And so, uh, Keith, I'm going to start with you, man. Uh, why don't you tell the listeners just about yourself, who you are, what you do, where you're from, all that kind of stuff. Thank you, man. I'm, I'm definitely excited to be here. Uh, I definitely enjoyed the podcast and Thanks, just the man. heart of you and mm-hmm. Becca. And you guys are just awesome and sweet. 
Uh, my name is Marquise, as uh, Josh said. I um, attended an HBCU, uh, that's a historically black college and university. Mm. Uh, for those of you who don't know, um, it was called Clark Atlanta University. It was on MLK in Atlanta, Georgia, wow. uh, where I was able to um, learn a lot of things that, mm. that went on uh, during the 60s um, mm. in Atlanta. Wow. Uh, if you know, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. went to Morehouse College, mm. and that is actually on the same campus as Clark Atlanta University. Oh, wow. wow. So I was able to learn so much history when it comes to that. And then I finished my degree at Southeastern University, which mm. um, it was predominantly white uh, institute. Yeah. Um, I love yeah. Southeastern. I love my degree. And I will say it forever. Go fire. <laughs> go fire, baby. <laughs> Alumni. Absolutely. <laughs> That's awesome, man. What What are you currently uh, doing uh, right now as, as far as a career is concerned? Uh, currently, I am a student pastor uh, at a local academy. Uh, here awesome. in town, I love my students. I call them my nieces and nephews, <laughs> and they call me Uncle Keys. I don't think <laughs> I've ever been called Pastor Keys. I love it. And I love so it. I love every moment of it. I love each and every one of my students. That's awesome. Man. Um, fun, fun fact. I know we didn't ask you guys any of this stuff, so it's kind of on the spot. What is uh, a fun fact about yourself? Ooh. Um, Fun fact, uh, when I was in the eighth grade, so I'm 27 now, so a little over 15 years, um, I had an Xbox 360. Let's go. Uh, my mom had brought it for me, and I started playing, and my grades slipped, and I got a C, and my mom <laughs> came home, and she asked me why I wasn't playing my game, and I oh. told her I sold it. Oh. Whoa, <laughs> and okay. So, and so she asked me you know, why did you sell it? And I told her my uh, my grades dropped, so I sold it. And my mom told me that I need to let her do the parenting sometime. <laughs> but I've always wow. been that kind of person. That's the really cutest story ever. <laughs> that is the oh best my, story. I love him oh my more. gosh. <laughs> this, you know, I think I've met your mom like once, but man, she amazing woman. Um, so yeah, that, that's Keith. Everyone, um, listen, amazing guy. He has been just um, even a mentor for me. Uh, we got to serve together for a while in youth ministry mm -hmm. and. Um, just his attitude and just his humility just blows me away, and so we're honored to have you and uh, excited. Reggie, man, um, we just we have some really cool history, and uh, you, you're at my bachelor party, and we've become close in ministry. You've <laughs> helped in every aspect of the church, I feel like. You look like you're 18, but you have a secret story about that. <laughs> so even though our listeners can't see your beautiful, wonderful face, um, give it, give us a little bit about yourself, man. All right. So, of course, like you said, my name is Reggie. Um, I love long walks on the beach. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I mean, I do like the beach, but anyway. Um, um, I kind of went on the... Um, a little bit of a different path, but it it all ended up in ministry. Ultimately, I've been serving at a church um, since eighth grade. Um, didn't realize it was my passion until I became an adult. Hmm. Um, and that's what I'm chasing at the moment. So anything I can get my hands on when it comes to ministry, I'd like to be able to serve. Come on. Um, and ultimately make it my, 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 my deal. But um, with the hopes of being able to invest in young people hmm. so that they grow up into the individuals they may not see for themselves but God has planned for. So, hmm. so that's, that's awesome. That's the goal. 
That's good. And you grew up in Brooklyn, right? Is I was that where born you're in Brooklyn? Yep. So how how long were you in New York for? So I was in New York since twelve. I I moved from Brooklyn at twelve. I've been down here for about twenty years, so my Brooklyn accent is gone. So I find myself <laughs> saying y'all a lot. <laughs> and now I like sweet tea, so Ooh. I don't know what's happening with me, but at a boy, man, and uh, you know, a little little cool fact about you too is, uh, you know, you're Haitian and you speak just. I'm blown away. We were at a conference in South Florida, and you just start talking to this dude next to you. And at first, I was like, "Is he mumbling?" I never heard it before, and I was like, "What's he saying?" And then, like, I pulled you aside after, and I was like, "Bro, you got to say something." Of course, you were like had stage fright; you didn't want to talk, and so I have to like listen in now when you're around. Yeah. Uh, my my uh, Creole is is pretty bad. Uh, I don't Haitian, know. Haitian people can catch a couple words, but uh, <laughs> it's not as good as you think it is. Uh, what What's a fun fact about you? Um, I'm just a goofball, man. I'm absolutely nuts, um, and in a good way. I'm not like I need to be checked in somewhere. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just I just love being a goofball. I'm a goofball, and I'm I'm a big kid, so. Come on, man. No, that's awesome. Uh, Reggie's just, like I said, man, he's a close friend. In fact, we've been doing ministry together and uh, just seeing him serve. Um, he loves students and kids and just uh, wants to see the next generation impacted. And so we're honored to have you as well tonight. Uh, we want to continue the conversation from last week. You know, we, me and Becca started this conversation um, because we just, we watched the George Floyd video. Actually, beyond that. Yeah. We watched the... Um, I, I, I always say the guy's name wrong. I think it's Ahmad. Is Aubrey. We watched that video, and the first thing that came to my mind is how did this not get corrected? Like what? Yeah. What is wrong in our society to say this is this can go on for months without even being talked about? And then George Floyd came, and um, you know, for all those, I would I would highly discourage you from watching the video only because. Um, it's graphic, yeah. and it is one of those kind of videos that will scar you forever. I literally cannot get that man's face out of my mind. Mm-hmm. And we we had this conversation of just like, you know, if, if no one else, which there is a lot of people having the conversation, unfortunately in the wrong kind of way on both sides. Um, but we wanted to have the conversation of just like, hey, let's raise this awareness and, and um, provoke people to change. And change in their heart. And so we, we talked last week, you know, we made the statement like, um, until Black Lives Matter, all lives don't matter right now. Mm-hmm. And um, and we mean that because this seems to be an ongoing issue, um, you know, in, in police brutality. And so there, there needs to be a whole social construct change. But um, I wanted to open the conversation up tonight and just, uh, uh, you know, we invited these guys on the podcast um, for a couple of reasons. First off, they're close friends. We trust their heart. We know their character, um, but also they're African-American. Um, and so they're going to give perspective that clearly me and Becca can't yep. give because we're Caucasian. Mm-hmm. And we'll never know what it's like to step out of my front door and be in fear of the police. And so we want to hear their perspective tonight. And so, um, guys, I'm just going to open the floor right now. And just what are you guys seeing on a local level, national level, things that 
discussed to you things that you are saying, finally, this is happening. Give us your feel as an African-American male when you walk outside. What, what, what's going through your minds? And, and honest transparency. Um, as for me on a local level, um, when we had the protest in Ocala. Yeah. Um, and I was sitting there and I, and I was watching things go down. And when the protests got to the square, the Ocala Police Department met the protesters down and the chief of police said, we're here to protect your rights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what we're here for. Wow. And shared his personal number yeah. and stood beside the protesters, stood beside us. That was a beautiful moment. Wow. And that is what kept it peaceful. Wow. Um, one of the things that we sometimes misconstrue, and, and I will even say it myself, is that sometimes we feel aggression and anger will mm. diffuse the situation. Yeah. But honestly, it's what Jesus came to do, bring peace, be the light yeah. of the world. Come on. So when that peace showed up, mm. it was a peaceful protest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You and and what what um, irritates me um, is seeing things as extreme as defund the police. Yeah. Mm. What irritates me about that is because that's what's getting the spotlight. There's yeah. tons of people who do not believe that. Yeah. Wow. But who gets paid off of peace and unity? Yeah. Mm. Yep. Wow. Wow. That's good. Drop the mic. Wow. Yes. So that is what kind of that that's what really frustrates me. It's mm. important to say we stand together. Black lives matter. Come on. That way all lives matter. Come on. Right. Come on. That way we stand Woo. together. With that being said, we must always have peace. Don't let the world and society turn everything into us yeah. versus them. Yeah. Wow. So good. Wow. So good. You know, I love what you I love what you just said because you even took the the line where all lives don't matter unless black lives matter. You said when all lives or when black lives matter, all lives can matter. And you kind of switched it so it wasn't positive. It wasn't like these lives don't matter. You're like we all can, you know, matter and be important, but this one has to matter. And so I just love even just the way that you turned that and phrased it because there was so much positivity wrapped into just that one little switch of yeah. those few words that yeah. you changed. And instead of saying don't, you know, you said we can all. And I just love that. I mean, oh, I just love that. That's so good. You know, when people make that statement too, it's funny to me. When they, when, you know, because I, I have friends on Facebook and I just, sometimes you just have to like tune people out. Um, you know, they'll make the statement. When I, in fact, when we had made the statement on our podcast saying Black Lives Matter, people were commenting, all lives matter. I'm just like thinking to myself, what an oxymoron kind of statement. Of course, all lives matter. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a no-brainer. Of course that matters. But there's a segment of our society and even world whose lives are not being valued right now in the moment. And so that's not okay. And, um, man, and you're right. I love, you know, I actually, um, I, I believe it was um, a, a local African-American pastor here in town. His name is Bernard. Just incredible guy. Has a heart for the community. And he was live streaming the the protest that day and he had um chief graham our police chief in the middle of predominantly all Mm african-american um people surrounding him and i watched that live stream and and a couple things came to mind first off shame on us as a society for not dealing 
with generational curses and generational systemic problems, right? The, the things these people were voicing, um, this one lady actually brought up a great concern. She said, why is there more police on our side of town? Mm. Why, why is it that you keep cops camped out constantly on Martin Luther King Jr. Mm. Boulevard? Why, why is it that? Um, and, and, and so I love Chief Graham. He was very composed. And I honestly think we have one of the best police chiefs in the nation. Um, in fact, man, they Boston, the Boston police department came down to shadow the Ocala yeah. police to, to learn how to put drug dealers who are killing their addicts away. I yeah. love that. So we're setting the tone already for culture, but he, he did this. He said, ma'am, I would love to answer that question and to fix the problem. Here is my cell phone number. He gave his cell phone wow. number out. The police chief. Wow. First off, that's dangerous. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Second off, like, whoa, that shows you like they care. And even our sheriff, he marched. And I'm thinking, this is a guy, watch this, from the outside, if we were to judge him, because we do that, right, in culture right now. There's a lot of judging from appearance. You'd say, oh, that's a good old country boy. I mean, his name yeah. is Billy Woods, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. He has a southern accent. And this guy loves all people, and specifically um, African-American. And he marched. Yeah. He, him and police, Chief Graham, they marched that day. Yeah. And um, one of the most powerful, prolific pictures, and then, Reggie, I want you to contribute to this, because I know I'm, like, tuning out right now. Um <laughs> That I saw Dave Miller, a local photographer here in town, took this picture on 200, which is a big street here in Ocala. And it, this guy, shirt off, he's white, he has a swastika on him. I mean, this dude looks like a white supremacist. And as the march is going down the street, he begins to yell out, that matters, that matters. And, and so there's this picture of this African-American lady who's like right in front of him and he looks mad, but he's really not. He went out there to join and walk with the protesters. Wow. A guy who has a swastika on his his chest, he had very inappropriate racial things uh, tatted on him. And so I just said, man, this is what change happens. Mm -hmm. when, when people stand up to injustice, this is what can happen. It can take someone who, who probably I'm assuming He's been on that side of the fence probably all of his life, and it started with his granddaddy, and it's been passed down through his father, and he decided, you know what, enough's enough. Yeah. I'm joining, and I'm fighting for the very thing that I've been fighting against. And so, Reggie, what about you, man? Um, so uh, I was at the um, I was at the protest as well, um, and me and my good friend Andy were there, and we were just kind of observing because I, I didn't really know the temperature or what, what it would look like. Mm. I, I would I had high hopes, but I was in Ocala, so yeah. <laughs> it's true. Hey, but hey, hey I get it. Ocala made me proud. Yeah, Ocala made me very proud. Now, not that being said, there were a couple people. You know, I'm overhearing people. You know, wanted to. We literally overheard somebody come out and say, "Man, I'm ready to." somebody up oh wow yeah yeah wow and and i think ultimately because the protest was was civil and the the objective was was right and and the heart of it was good it, it went out the way it, it did now one thing that i noticed was because i i didn't see sheriff graham or anything like that yeah. maybe i came in a little bit late but one thing that i noticed is that the police officers Gave them their space. Mm -hmm. When they blocked you know, um, traffic, I was like, oh no. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Police officers directed traffic, stopped traffic for them. As they were marching around, police officers literally it looked like it looked like a huge funeral was going down the way they were like mm. section everything off. And yeah. they literally like gave them their space to do their thing. Yeah. Which was so cool. Wow. So, so cool. um and so ultimately my my perspective on this is that it shouldn't be, you know, mess the police. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it, that's not the, the 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 main thing is let's take a look at the individual. Yeah. Because well, we can't blame everyone. Right. It, it'd be the same thing as any other culture blaming another culture for yeah. an isolated incident. Right. Right. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. so good. You know, it, one of the things we're seeing, too, this is really increased awareness when it comes to policing. And um, I think the thing that we're all noticing is, you know, there, we've always known that there's good cops and there's bad cops. Right. That's just the way it's been, right. but we're actually witnessing before our eyes um, a systemic problem within the police force that the training that police officers and sheriffs are receiving is not proper training because if it was, we would see a decrease in what's going on in the nation, right? right? The training, in fact, that most police officers are, are receiving has been the same training for generations. Um, and the Lord kind of gave us just... Uh, maybe even uh, some wisdom on this. You know, I don't, maybe a police chief will listen to this and be like inspired <laughs> by it. But um, may, listen, if you're listening to this, raise awareness within your police department. There needs to be a revolution, if not a revival, that happens in these police forces that, you know, starts at the top with the police chief saying, hey, listen, I know we see a lot of crap every single day. We see drug addicts, we see crime, and what that does to the heart is it hardens your heart over time to where you get to the cop that murdered George Floyd. If you watch that video, you can tell he is hardened, he's angry, he's vicious, he doesn't care about human life. And I believe there needs to be a revolution in police forces that say, you know what, I'm struggling with all the crap I've seen. I'm going to go seek help. I'm going to get counseling. I'm going to get inner healing. Yeah, or there needs to be some kind of thing where, like, after so long, you have to, like, you're required to take some time off to just get a break to deal with yeah. anything you might need. There yeah. needs to be, like, counseling. And there might be counseling in it, but it needs to be, like, an enforced sort of thing. Like, hey, you do need to kind of work through some of the things that you've seen. Yeah. Um, that way you can keep fresh. But yeah, I agree. Well, from a trusted source um, who, who's actually in law enforcement, he said that it is um, taboo within law enforcement to even talk about counseling. He yeah. said that's almost like a cuss word. So if, mm. if you bring up, hey, I need help, I'm struggling in this area, the other officers will actually put you down and say, well, you're not good enough for this job. Wow. So that's created a culture now that we get things like George Floyd. We get a case like... The Buffalo dude, right? This old man gets pushed oh. down. I mean, what the heck, y'all? Yeah. Um, to innocent protesters who are just staying on the front line getting pepper sprayed, mm. tear gas. Yeah, or like, the, the rubber bullet. The rubber, yeah. The oh, my yeah. gosh. We, there's a baby who got hit in the face Jeez. with a rubber bullet. And and so we're seeing this. And I get, like, some of the situations we, I think, and we'll talk about this in a second. Some of the protests have gotten out of hand, which has now caused rioting and looting. Which we are not promoters no. of. And I know within even the Black Lives Matter movement, and we said this last week, 
we believe that phrase 100% to be true, but the Black Lives Matter movement to itself even is racist to a degree and actually promotes some of the violence with Antifa, um, who's on the front lines promoting this violence. So we're seeing this like, you know, all this crap happened, you know, the Washington, D.C. thing. I don't know if you guys seen that, that article, um, the, the mayor of D.C., right down the street leading up to the White House across the road has Black Lives Matter painted. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm seeing that. I'm like, man, this is getting national news. This is this is awesome because it's raising that awareness. Um, what Keith, Reggie, you know, what what are you guys when you when you're watching? Because I know you guys have probably seen stuff on social media, the news. What are you guys thinking with these riots and protests? And what what is the message? I think even for you guys to send to people who would even consider that. Um, to be honest, with seeing everything, I'm exhausted. Yeah. It's so exhausting seeing hmm. everything that's going on. It's so exhausting continuously having conversations with everyone who you run into. Mm -hmm. um, riots and looting, it, it's not the way to go. Hmm. Um, but some people see it as their release. Yeah. And that's so unfortunate wow. to see that as a release because um, I was having a conversation with a buddy of mine the other week who really wanted to gain more um, knowledge about the whole situation. And I asked him, I said, so what did you do when you heard about this happening? He said, I prayed. What wow. about you? I said, I prayed. And I said, unfortunately, a lot of those people who are going to be extreme, a lot of those people who are going to do some crazy stuff, they don't have a release. They don't. Wow. They don't go to a father. They don't pray wow. to the Lord. Wow! Wow! Um, and so that that's so unfortunate. Yeah. That's so unfortunate. Mm. And the, and because because Jesus is the light of the world. Wow! And I and I, I hope nobody's like, oh, the pastor came to preach. Yeah. <laughs> hey, take your time, we'll pastor. Real. All right, take your time. Go on, Uncle Keith. <laughs> We'll take an offering up again. That's around that side. But Jesus is the light of the world, so yeah. I, I don't I don't agree with the looting. I do not agree with the riots. It, it's it's terrible, and like I said at the beginning, it's what's getting the spotlight. Yeah, yeah. and that's what hurts the Man. most. You you hit that on the nail because you know I was thinking even about the photo that I was describing with um with Dave Miller took here in Ocala. If a photo like that could get national news, that could show that this can actually be done peacefully. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly the heart of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah. Not one of his protests ever ended in the kind of crap we're seeing right now. And I believe, honestly, a lot, you know, besides policing, we need a shift in media. Oh, because yeah. the media is all yes. about promoting negativity and showing the, the wrong side of the equation and not giving you the truth of the matter. Um, they, they want that, boom, instant. As soon as you see it, you get outraged. And you're right. For most people who are out there, they don't have the source like we do. right? They don't have Jesus, and they don't know prayer. And so for them, acting out of the only thing they know, they say, listen, if, if nothing's going to change, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Um. As two African-American males, what, if you guys could just give the audience your, give them like a first-person point of view, um, how do you guys feel when you walk out of your house? Give us give us understanding for what it feels like to walk in y'all's shoes. Um, 
Well, um, I mean, it, it it's a whole lot more normal now, but I remember um, in the 90s it was a little bit different, um, especially being from Brooklyn. A lot of things were normalized. Right now, it is taboo to be racist, whether you're racist or not. Mm. Back well, then, it wasn't so much. Mm. You could watch movies, commercials, and the innuendos. Where it, it, we weren't pol- politically correct then. Yeah. Right. Um, so that and it's it, it's it's terrible to say, but that fear of the police has been put in me from my father, my friends, and the things that I see on the streets. Yeah. Now living in Ocala, which is a nicer neighborhood. And the police are way nicer than they are in Brooklyn. Wow. Yeah. Right? I still find that fear. The other, um, actually, today I was driving and I can't help. And, and, and hear my heart is uh, I want to be kind and polite to everybody. Right? Yeah. Um, Speak the truth, man. So I don't want to turn fear to hate, which is what, really what happens. Yeah. Um, but. Um, you know, I'm driving. If a cop pulls up behind me, I'm checking. <laughs> I got all my papers right, wow. right? Everything's good, right? Wow. And, and my heart jumps. I can't help it. My heart jumps. Yeah. And that annoys me because if I if I sat down with because I know several police officers, if I were to sit down and hang out and talk, or even if I got pulled over, all the times I've ever got pulled over, wow. it, within the next five minutes, I'm cracking jokes. Wow. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Well, but just, I don't know, maybe it's just seeing the car. So, um, uh, right now, especially because it is taboo to be racist, there's a lot of this, like, I don't know how to say it. It's like this, um, especially in the older. Now, I'm not blanking this on everyone, sure. but some of the ones sure. that I've met, yep. there's this anti racism campaign of just guilt. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Wow. The phrase of, you don't know. I got nieces and nephews that are black, honey. You know that. You know, there's there's that, but then there's the other side where they won't admit it, but they're acting like it. Wow. You know? Yeah. Wow. Um, so ultimately, um, I I don't like people call, calling people racist because I don't know for sure. Right. Um, but at, in that same sentence, because I won't neglect this, Walking in my shoes, it's the same for the other side. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, don't trust them. Don't you know what I'm saying? Wow. And that death stems from fear as well. Wow. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, what what good have they done us? Wow. You know? Wow. You know, you're not gonna get that job. You're not. So it's it's the same. It's the same for the other side. Um, and ultimately, I think that education would be the defeat of both of that on both sides and as you can see the trend is that with each generation a bit of that dies Mm -hmm. right so if we could be part Mm, of that generation yeah no i'm I'm serious that's the trend so if we could be part of educating our young ones educating our youth um not in a weird way but just through our actions and not just through our words then Yeah, and I think so much of it is celebrating just the diversity, you know, um, I know just in our, in our, right at our front door, we have, gosh, one of the most 
our my favorite pictures I think that we own. Yeah. And it's an African American woman and she's holding the Bible and there's a church behind her and yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah. We yeah. saw it when we were away and we're like, we have to buy it. Yeah. And like never did it occur to us like, oh, it might be like weird that like, you know, we have that photo, yeah. but because it's not weird for us. And it's like celebrating that diversity that is just such a beautiful picture. Right. Well there's and, a there's a heart connection because when we were yeah. in Charleston we the guy was he was Creole. Yeah. Um, he was Haitian Creole, yeah. and so he was explaining in Charleston culture. There's they had that's deep in their legacy. Yeah. Um, the Haitian church is huge there. Yeah. In, in Charleston, so we got that, and we're just like, this is so cool to celebrate. So, yeah. That diversity and have a story attached to it. Yeah, and like it goes as far as you know. Um, we Josh and I haven't really bought any book. We've been given a lot of books for our son, but buying books that have other cultures that are diverse. That yeah. like it's yeah. not just like the little white boy and the little <laughs> white girl play yeah, together. Yeah, like yeah, you know, yeah. it's just being diverse and celebrating that, and yeah. it being so normal to him. And yeah. you know, it it just it being exciting and for him to not learn that like yeah people are different people have different skin tones but their heart is what matters the most and so i think changing that mindset and even just the little things that we switch in our normal routine because you know it sometimes i think sometimes people don't it's not even like a racial thing it's just like i didn't even realize like oh my gosh, like everything I like do is sort of, it's white or whatever. And I'm like, oh, like I should be more diverse. And it's not even like unnecessarily like meant to be. It's sometimes having to step out and be like, how can I celebrate diversity in my home, Mm -hmm. even though I'm white, (laughs) you know? And what what are the things that we can do? Um, So I think that's a part of just that raising that generation. And I love what you said about, each generation, something breaks off some more. And that's so good. And hopefully this next generation that rises up, um, I, hopefully this issue is settled, you know, yeah. at least to the best ability, um, that there's so much awareness that it's, um, you know, it, it is taboo mm-hmm. to be, you know, racist. That yeah. it is, you know, that shouldn't even be a thing because there is so much unity. Yeah. And um, I watched this, this is a little bit off off topic, but I was reading this, I think it was an article or a video what I watched, and it was just the cutest thing ever. And it was this beautiful, um, it, you know, this white husband and wife, and they adopted a beautiful African-American little boy. Mm-hmm. And they just loved him passionately and, like, just was for him. And this one of his little friends asked him when he was little and was like, So why don't like why don't you match your parents? Mm-hmm. And he's like, Because families don't have to match. Like it just was wow. so like I love that. so pure and beautiful <laughs> and that like we can be family and be united and be yeah. brothers and sisters in Christ, but we don't have to match skin tones. Like right. that doesn't change who our family is. And it's just so powerful. Yeah, I, I love the fact that you said the word celebrate. Because yeah. a lot of people think that they just don't have to see color. Well, you can yeah. see color. Yeah. Okay, I'm not going to lie, though. I don't think my mom does. Because sometimes <laughs> she'll be talking to someone and we'll be like, oh, so who, you know, are they black or white? Like, you're trying to, like, see if you remember this person. Yeah. She's like, I don't know. And I'm like, you don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. It's not being racist, oh, but you don't know what their color of their skin is. But, so, so funny. Yeah, <laughs> but knowing you guys, you guys do a great job of that, um, mm-hmm. it, it, of the key word of celebrating. Because yeah. you're not just wanting to have black friends that look like you or Indian yeah. friends that look like you, but it's more along the lines of, oh, 
you're you're this race. I want to wow. learn more about that. Yeah. Oh, what kind of food do you eat? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wait, wait, can your mama whip me some of that? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Yes, uh, Lord. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's a power so. so good. You know, I, I think it goes into uh, the speaking with our tongue. You know, the word even says yeah. that we we have power. Um, speak you death. know, death and life in our tongue. And, you know, the, that whole phrase that I know all of us have heard growing up, it's like sticks and stones will break my bones, but uh, words will never hurt me. And I, I used to hear that. I'm like, what a, what a sham that is. Like words hurt so bad. And so, you know, and, and this is just for a lot of culture right now, this is the way we kind of perceive things. You know, if, if um, because of the stereotyping, um, I instantly subcategorize people according to their skin color. And I assume things about them and I speak things against them. And and what we need right now is we need a complete change because if I declare over Reggie, oh, well, well Reggie's just ghetto and he's never going to amount mm-hmm. to anything. And then Reggie's assuming for me, oh, he's just a country boy who's some, you know, white cracker or whatever. We're speaking death over each other. Yeah. And that's gone on for far too long. Far too it long. should be, you know what, I'm going to I see you for who you are and guess what? You're a human being. Who God created, who knitted together perfectly, mm-hmm. and you have the you might not in culture right now have the same advantages as us as Caucasians, but guess what? Um, in God's kingdom, you have so much potential. Mm-hmm. And if we could just see each other through that lens of potential, I think things would shift. And so, man, we we need a a, a revival in our tongue. Yeah. We need a revival in our mind. Um, Keith, I know you didn't get to answer that question. So did you have any thoughts on on that? I do, I do. Um, for me, um, just growing up, even still to this day, um, it's a constant day-to-day of having to prove myself. Wow. wow. Which, it stinks to have to say that, but since I was younger, you know, by my mom, by everybody, uh, even my football coaches, which I praise God for my football coaches, they were majority white, wow. but they were honest. Wow. So they would always tell me, hey, you know you're going to have to work harder than mm. anybody else. And mm. my mom would tell me when I was younger, you're going to have to work harder than anybody else. Mm. And um, recently I had this conversation with a friend of mine, um, Danielle, and we were explaining to a, a guy, a brother of ours who's really, really close, um, a white guy, um, who we were explaining things that happened. So as for myself, I was recently in the mall. And I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big black guy. I'm hard to miss. And I'm with my cousin, <laughs> who's six foot one, 300 pounds as well. You know, he's wow. really, really easy to see. Yeah. Um, and we're standing in line waiting to pay for something. And this lady just cuts in front of us <gasps> as if she did not see us. Oh. It happens so often. And wow. um, so I'm sharing this with um, my, uh, my buddy. And he goes, why didn't you say anything? And the explanation is, as soon as I say something, I'm seen as the angry black man. Mm. Wow. And that's wow. already in their mind. Wow. So I can't, I can't make a show out of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think, I'm thankful that the lady who was behind the register, she was like, hey, they were in line. You're going to have mm. to get in line. Come on. The lady was like, oh, I didn't see a line there. And the cashier goes, really? And she was like, well, whatever. I'll find some other store to buy stuff out of. And Goodbye, Felicia. <laughs> and that's what the cashier <laughs> said. Yeah. Um, mm. So it's unfortunate about that. I, I, I'm even conscious about where I'm going and what I'm wearing, uh, mm. such as if I'm going to the grocery store. I'm not wearing 
sweatpants and a hoodie. I'm I'm putting wow. on jeans and mm-hmm. and a t-shirt or a button up so that I'm not getting followed or you know wow. things like that. Wow. Um, I praise God that we there's not really a big worry about um, our police departments here in Ocala. Yeah. Uh, but I wish I could have said the same when I was in Georgia. Wow. Um, getting pulled over is the scariest thing wow. in Georgia because you don't know if you're going to make it. Wow. And so just knowing that and and when I was first told that, I wasn't told that by a family member. I wasn't told that by a friend. I was told that by the lady who worked at the store. Wow. Hey, be careful getting out of here because if you get pulled over, it's not going to be good. Wow. Um. So, I mean, just the self-awareness, even when coming from Daytona, mm-hmm. when I was younger, if it t- my mom would always say, if it gets dark, do not drive here from Daytona. Do not mm-hmm. take the force to get to Ocala. Wow. I will send you money. You will stay in Daytona. Wow. Do not go after dark. So we knew, you know, everybody else is enjoying their beach day. But at 4.30, we need to get on our way back to Ocala. Wow. If we want to wow. Make it back to Ocala. Oh, that's blowing my mind. That's so, 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 yeah, th- this man, um, first of all, uh, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm blown away by that. Because I, yet again, as a Caucasian male, I've never gotten in my car, went to the beach at Daytona, came back through and I've heard stories. So I know what you're talking about, but I've never been in fear of my life. I've never thought to myself, even in Georgia, we love going to Georgia being pulled over, which we know the cops are bad in Georgia, um, state troopers, especially, but I've never been like, Oh yeah, I'm I'm afraid I'm going to die today. So I, I can't, I can't even in my mind right now fathom that. So I want you to speak on that. Why do you think that kind of stuff is, and maybe even if you have one or thought of one, like a solution. Um, I just think for so long it's been passed down from generation to generation um, and not thought about. Uh, just like you were saying, like some generational curses that go on and on. Um, I've heard the excuse plenty of times, uh, excuse my grandparents, they're from a different time. Which kind of hits me because wow. so is my grandparents, but they were the ones being oppressed. Wow. Um, wow. So in, in that atmosphere, I think it's been passed down. Now, what changes it is conversations like this and yeah. friendships like this. Wow. Yeah. Uh, my brother, Brent, I will never call him my friend. That's my brother since mm-hmm. I was little, wow. uh, since third grade. His mamma is my mamma. My grandma is his grandma. Like, <laughs> we're, we're just, we're all family. Um, to the point of, um, he will never tell you he's colorblind. He'll wow. never say that. And, um, I remember asking him one time, like, why why do you say that? Like, because somebody had said they were colorblind. He's like, don't ever say that. And if you say that, don't take my brother with you. Wow. And I was like, why did you say it like that? And he was like, because if they're colorblind, they don't know what situation they're taking you to. Ooh. Wow. Whoa. So if they don't see your color, they don't know what they're setting wow. you up for. Wow. I'm telling you, that's so much education, though, because I would have said at one point, like, oh, I'm colorblind, too, because it's just like, you know, we're just people. Yeah. But it's like, as I've been educated, and boy, like, I'm telling you, until this year, I have never felt so naive to, like, Same. what you guys experience. Like, truly yeah. and honestly, so naive. Because I would never have thought about those things, which breaks my heart because I probably would have put people in horrible situations not having any idea. And so it's totally an educational thing. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, but I'm just, just like, so good. You're good. <sighs> and and it's, it's so good to have conversations and it's so good 
Because what's going on now is that everyone is standing together. Yeah. That's what I love. That's going to change. Yeah. Because yeah. now if you are racist, now if you do not like somebody because of their skin, you are the 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 minority in the situation. Oh, right? yeah. Nobody has so your good. side. Wow. So what's going on now is is standing with each other. Not so, not the extremists doing all the crazy. Right. What's going on now? Standing unity, in unity having this con- yeah. these conversations. Yeah. That's what's going to change. Here. Oh, so good. Yeah, and this is the you know I've noticed. Um, we we had talked about this even before we started the show with these protests. You can go down and hold a sign up that says Black Lives Matter, and you're all in it in the moment. But then it feels like as soon as the protest ends, you go about living your life. And the term we like to use on our show lies having that laissez-faire attitude that just like let life continue to go on and not do anything about it. And I would just encourage you. Like, no, no, no. Your part continues. (laughs) This is going to be honestly, I believe this is my personal belief in it. um, And and this is why I feel this is going to be something that's going to take years yeah. of reconciliation, years of unity, and years of building because it moves beyond just in a cultural thing. It's a governmental issue. It's it's a society issue. In fact, uh, I was sharing with you guys before we started, we're three generations removed from people owning people. Yeah. Yeah. How That's horrific so is that? Yeah. And so it's, it's being passed down. And until families, both white, black, Asian, Spanish – begin to stand up and say, not in my generation. That's right. It might have been with my granddaddy and my dad and mom, but in my generation, we're going to stand and we're going to see people for who they are and they're loved and they have meaning and they matter in the eyes of God. Yeah. And I think that that is the way forward. Uh, Reggie, what about you, man? Thoughts? Um, uh, I know we're going to be wrapping up soon. Give us some thoughts for, from you. What is the way forward? What are you seeing that you're just like, let's continue? Right. Words of encouragement. Um, so, so obviously, uh, social media is just broadcasting all of this, right? Mm-hmm. Some of the things that I'm seeing that I'm like, yes, is um, people at protest, people after protest, um, it, it, seeing someone get pulled, we're uh, seeing someone get arrested and people investigating. People, yeah. Not just walking by, yeah, um, and letting it happen. Oh, he deserved that, or whatever. Right, is the case. Is I see people of of different races stopping, watching. You know, because if you murder somebody, you murder somebody. You going to jail. You going to jail. But yeah, if, right. if if something fishy, I see people talking out. Right. Hey, yeah. don't say that to the police. Keep your mouth shut. Mm. Your rights are black, black, black. By the way, I'm a I'm a I'm a lawyer. Wow. Mm-hmm. By the way, I'm a you know what I'm saying? Right. And yeah, so or people, he's not they're not they're not, they're not fighting you. So right, stop right. being harsh. Right, you know, right. Stuff so like that. I see I see on social media people saying, I'm not gonna just walk like so I didn't see this. Yeah. Matter wow. of fact, I'm going to use my privilege to talk on your behalf Come on. because the police Come on. aren't listening. Come on. Yeah. So that's what I love. So good. Right. And they're doing it well because they're not getting in the cop's face and getting arrested right. themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But they're videotaping. Yep. Right. And they're speaking on behalf of that. And so what happens is it, it it's so weird because the posture of certain police officers change the minute they hear a Ooh, familiar voice. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's like a whole different kind of accountability. I can't act like I wanted to act just yep. now. 
Because yeah. I'm being taped by several different people, mm-hmm. and there's a lawyer present as well. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that's 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 definitely one thing. Um, as far as um, other ways, I mean, you guys hit it on the head. Uh, and, and just hearing your story about cops in Georgia, whatever you celebrate will continue. The only reason why, in my head, that someone would be that recklessly racist yeah. on the job is so they could share the story when they get back to the base. Mm-hmm. And if it's mm. celebrated, mm. it it's will continue. continue. Yep. Wow. What I think what it ultimately takes is that this no longer gets celebrated. Wow. Matter of fact, go home. Yeah. Right. Turn go your home. badge. You're fired. Uh-huh. Go home. Yep. I'll get someone to replace you yep. if you can't act right. Come you know on. what I'm saying? And that will stop immediately. Now, now, I'll take that back. Maybe it won't stop immediately, but they won't be talking about it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then other people who start to join the force and, and have that kind of mentality of, we don't celebrate this. Well, at least, wait, can you imagine someone, um, at, at, uh, when, when George Floyd uh, uh, was getting choked out, that say, hey, man, put your, put your knee on his leg. He can't get up from there. Mm-hmm. If you're laying down on your back and you got your hands behind your back, the only way you can get up is if you pull your knees up to your stomach yep. and then work your way on to your chin. You that's can't right. get up from your neck. That's right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. What if there was someone there that said, that's not okay. I understand we got to restrain them. Whatever that's going on, right. we'll figure that out. But put your, put your knee on his legs. Put, put your hand on his back. Right. If I put you on your back and I put your hands on and you cop me, you know what I'm saying? Right. You ain't getting, you ain't up getting that up. easy. That's too many cops for you to have right. you know what I'm saying? Right. So uh, I think ultimately it just takes someone saying, This is not okay and this won't be celebrated. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. It's so good. Th- this is the kind of stuff that changes culture. And I just believe even when this podcast ends and um, you know, every, everyone listens to it and whatnot, and it's old history. Uh, the thing that's going to continue changing is the fact that um, I, I believe all of us around this circle right now need to continue having conversations yeah. with every party involved. And and listen, uh, like we said earlier, get involved in your local police department. Get involved in local. You don't realize, listen, national politics matter, but local politics is a huge deal. Getting in the local school board and commissioners and all those kind of things we can change laws and raise a voice to really make this kind of stuff matter yeah. in our community. The story that we talked about, uh, Keith, you actually, uh, I'd like for you to share a little bit on it, but we talked about the Good Samaritan story. And, um, and I do believe the Good Samaritan is the heart posture we need right now moving forward. This is the thing like that's going to help people because you read the Good Samaritan story and you got this guy who is robbed, beaten, and bloody on the side of the road. And the religious system of the day moves to the other side of the road and walks right past him. Doesn't even get involved, right? And then the Samaritan comes along, and I love it because um, the, the the scripture says that the, the Samaritan had compassion, and we are lacking a culture of compassion. We are waxed, we are vexed in our heart, and we've gotten to this place where we just don't have compassion for people. Reggie, you hit it, man. I I can't tell you, and now that completely changed my mindset. If I see an African-American person pulled over on the side of the road, I'm going to stop. Oh, yeah. I'm going to stop because here's the reality. Even if it is justified, even if it, even if they are getting arrested, let's say drugs or, or murder or what, name a thing, uh, stealing, whatever, um, at least I'm going to be there as a witness to make sure that that police is kept in check. 
And I believe that that is the heart of the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan says, I'm going to have compassion on this person. I'm going to bandage them. He took, I mean, you read that story. He took um, his time, his energy, his possessions. I love this. He checks the dude into a hotel and then leaves and says to the hotel owner, hey, by the way, I don't care how much he charges. I'll be back in a couple days to pay it in full. So not only did he go out of his way in the moment, but he continued the conversation. He continued the act of kindness. And I believe that's the way for Keith. What what about you, man? When you read that, what? what? So I love, I'm telling you, uh, (laughs) that that scripture comes from the hashtag woke Jesus. Um, Because (laughs) I love the fact that when uh, the Good Samaritan came over, he didn't say, now, why are you bloody? Yeah. Who were you? Oh, yeah. Yes. What did you do? Who pushed you down? Wow, yeah. so good. He, he he showed compassion and yeah. help. Yeah. And, and made sure they were okay. And so as Jesus shares his heart on this and tells this parable of the Good Samaritan, he comes to the end and he goes, So which one is his neighbor? And the guy just says, The one who showed mercy. Mm-hmm. Not the Samaritan. Not the good Samaritan. <sighs> Not the good guy from Samaria. No, Come on. The one who showed mercy. Wow. He couldn't even say where this person was from because, because he despised them that much. And, and it's so many things that, that can help with pulling over when you see somebody who has been pulled over because you never know which way it could go. Sure. You could be saving the cop's life too. Sure. You know? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a lot of people are holding on to a lot of fear. And mm. and it's so it's so bad. It's um I'll never forget when Trayvon Martin had uh had been murdered. Um I got pulled over and I was nervous. I had an asthma attack. Oh. And uh the cop, you could just see like the distress on his face, and he was just like, he just kept saying, "I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry." He didn't take my license or registration. Mm. He just wow. Said, wow! I'm so sorry for what's going on. Wow! Because he understood, you good know, compassion, wow. man. Yeah. So good. Mm. Has that compassion, and what's going to change this is justice. Come on. I mean, we look back at Emmett Till, who was lynched for whistling at a white woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, his mom has an open casket funeral way back, and you can just see how distorted his face is all over the internet. Um, and then in 2017, I think it was, the lady goes, oh yeah, I made it up. Oh. He didn't whistle at me. So this person's life's gone. Oh. And so wow. what adds oh. gasoline to this fire is that everyone was just like, okay, well, Guess you won't be doing it again. Like, right. There was no justice brought to him. Because it. they assumed, because yeah. of his skin color, mm-hmm. that he must have acted unjustly. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with, you know, Ahmad. He gets killed, and, you know, there's no justice until everything goes haywire. It's kind of like, you know, cheerio, have a great day. Yeah, a man, yeah. you know, it's normal for a guy to be shotgunned down in the middle of a neighborhood. Like, mm-hmm. that, that in itself, the fact that, no neighbor and shame on that neighborhood. I'm saying it in full force. Shame on that neighborhood for not calling and doing something to say this is an outrage. A guy is gunned down in the middle of your street. It's, yeah, it's normal. Yeah, it's normal. Well, and unfortunately, you know, in that area where they have where it's legal to do like the citizen's arrest, which is like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Um, I mean, like literally, you are not law enforcement. You are not right. trained. You don't have Stay a out of it. Like, so just, you know, justifying it because of ridiculous law, like, 
boy, do we need to look at our laws and our systems in place because that was just, I mean, that's appalling. Mm -hmm. You know, no one, uh, law enforcement, whatever it is, like, they should not have that role to make those kinds of choices and have a gun present that's loaded and, you know, all of those things. And I, you know, I get things tried into the second amendment, blah, 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 blah. But the fact that there was a gun, I mean, there's, there was intent still in it of I'm going to get involved and then I'm going to have this in case I need it or he's not cooperating or whatever it could be. You know, I mean, I just, yeah, laws need to be really looked at because there are some things that should not be Someone, someone told me the other day, and I, an ignorant person, I'll just tell them that. They, they said to me, well, the laws are in place for a reason. We have a good justice system. I looked at the person, I said, we do not have a good justice system. In fact, we have a corrupt justice system that has sent thousands of men and women away um, because of stuff they never committed or yeah. did. And, and we just brushed it aside and said, oh, well... They're black or they're Latino or whatever. We assumed yet again, man, assumptions. Well, and, and, and even <laughs> to the other side of that, of and this will go into another podcast where we talk about injustice, but like people who should rightfully serve serious amounts of times get out in like yes. very minimal time. And it's just disgusting and horrifying. Yeah. And so, I mean, that'll be a much later topic, but uh, yeah. yeah, our justice. Yeah, or if you have a bunch money. of money, you're going to get out. Exactly. And so. I'm a man who loves my guns. I, I, yeah. love, I love guns. So I've shot a shotgun before. Now, anybody who's shot a shotgun before, you know you have to get a strong base. Yep. Uh, you have to aim. Yep. You have to put that on your shoulder. Yep. Yep. And for that shot to go off and kill somebody, that was premeditated. Yeah, 100% premeditated. Well, and you know, even with that story, things just don't line up to me in the sense that people are like, well, he grabbed his firearms. I'd grab your firearms if you bought it out too when you were coming at me. Darn like, right. whether I was wrong or right, you have a firearm, I'm probably going to try and stop you. Yeah. So, like, yeah, okay, you might have taken it as aggression, but I'm trying to save my life, you know? Yeah. And he probably knew in that moment that there was not a shot he was going to make it out if mm-hmm. he didn't try to defend himself. So, you know, I mean, there's so much to the story and... Things that, you know, haven't been shared and things that are will be slow to come. And, yeah. you know, and I just kind of love what you said where, you know, the Good Samaritan, he didn't question what happened. He acted in compassion. Yo. He gave grace and he did the right thing. And so I think sometimes we have to do that. And sometimes we're so slow to speak because we want all the details, which is fine. And I understand that to a degree. But we need to still be ready to speak up, ready to stand with and ready to defend um, and care about people as that time, you know, allots and comes about. And so I think we have to, yeah. you know, sometimes we have to act yeah. as well. And this is a mountain of injustice that is standing in our way right now. And as believers, God's given us authority to look to mountains and say, be gone. Yeah. And so I think the thing that we need to do, prayer is 100%. I believe if, if, our heart is postured in a way of prayer. We can't go wrong. And so yeah. I would encourage you, if you're a believer, the first thing you can do, the first thing to wake yourself up is for sure be aware, but secondly, pray. Yeah. And allow God to really soak your heart in that and then take action in the community. Get involved in local police departments and sheriff's departments, local um, you know, uh, areas where, where there's justice, social justice going on. Um and we need a way forward. And so, um, guys, thank you so much for you so much. doing the conversation. And uh, we love you guys so much. And definitely, you guys will be on the podcast again. So, love y'all. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, guys, thank you so much for joining Coffee and Combos uh, this this week. And we pray that this conversation was so helpful. If you're not already a subscriber, hit that subscribe button, that follow button, leave a comment, a rating. 
And uh, if you haven't, go check out our Patreon and consider supporting this channel. We love you guys so much, and we look forward to being around the table with you next Friday. Love you all. Bye.